All right, Chris, it's about time. <laughs> right back at it. We are at session number five. Where's this four? This is four. We split the last one into two because it went on a little longer than than the other ones had. But yeah, this is depends how you want to count it, I guess. Four or five. Well, we've gone through a few principles and we've gone through a few tools looking mm -hmm. at about productivity, time management, and we are basing this whole se session and series on uh, a couple of verses out of Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. I'm going to read them again because mm -hmm. I think it's really, really important. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise making the most of your time because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will. And we easily could, easily could have picked one of those verses from Titus about good works as the theme for mm -hmm. this class, because in many ways, this is about the really nitty gritty on the ground. What does it look like mm -hmm. to close that gap between good intentions and good works? Mm -hmm. And, and do it without going crazy, burning out, getting stressed out, um, and being no good to anyone. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what this has been about. So can you uh, just give us a brief nutshell as far as the four principles and the four tools where we've been so far? Yeah. So I think um, these are some principles and some tools. There, there's, there's certainly others. Uh, the principles are, um, that we've looked at are don't use your brain to remember things. And, um, and we've talked about all the reasons for why that we, we don't want to rely primarily on our brains as a, as a, as our place as our, as, to remember all the things we need to do and need to remember. Um, there's budget your time or plan your time the way you budget your money, right? So you decide ahead of time what you want to do with, with your time, just the way that we should do that with our money, put the big rocks in first. So we schedule the things that are important to do instead of trying to balance them with everything else. We make time for what's important and the things that are not important will fit in around that. Mm. And then the last principle is fight distraction. So we're surrounded by distraction, being fruitful um, will require fighting distraction. Mm. So then last uh, time we talked about the four tools that, that we use for productivity, for, for, for godly time management, godly fruitfulness and, um, and that was uh, notes, so a place to just capture our ideas, capture our thoughts, capture the things we need to remember in a simple, straightforward, no bells and whistles kind of a way. So whether that's a notebook, which you can use, or whether that's good digital tools that, that, um, that we got both going on. Um, the second one was a calendar, using calendar well, a digital calendar where you can use it on your computer or it's going to ding you in your pocket on your, with your, with your uh, calendar on your phone there really important and everything that you need to do or every place you need to be at all is there on your calendar. Um, if it's important that again, if it's a big rock, it's on your calendar. The one place, the place of one truth, a single source of truth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and, and again, truth, they're not theologically. That's just a productivity term for what I need to do, what I need to go, mm. or all that stuff. It's all there. Uh, the third tool, is a to-do list or a task list where you're able to manage the list of the things you need to do. Um, and you may have, you know, we, we will talk about this when we get into the principles here, but you may have a, a maybe list or a someday list and you may have a 
today list and, and, and you can organize that out, put due dates on things and, and organize what you need to do. And then the final tool is just distraction fighting tools because of all the distraction that, that we have. Some people maybe have a really good amount of self-control and they don't need those. But, but for many of us using tools like screen time or, or freedom or, or cold turkey blockers, there, there's different tools that we can use to, to really, uh, to really help us fight against the distractions. So mm. those are the four principles and those are the four tools. So one of the things that um, has been percolating a bit in my mind is, uh, is a, a question that I have to ask is, is it worth delving into all these tools and trying to figure out, because there's a lot of different apps for calendars and note taking and all that trying to integrate things, productivity tools, I got to ask the question, is it worth looking into that and taking the time for that, Chris? So how I answer that question is in two, two prongs. The first answer is absolutely it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, to, to find a, a tool that works for you, that works with the way you think works with your brain that allows you to be biblically fruitful and productive is worth the time to find it. It's worth the money. Without a doubt, eh? I've spent a lot of time on getting my tools in a good a good spot where they make sense, they work with me, they work for me. It's so so I, I would answer emphatically Yes. Yes. The second thing the second answer though is that is it possible it is possible to just play around with productivity apps instead of actually being productive. And uh, I'm not sure those listening to this, how many of those will be for how many of those people may be tempted by that? Uh, at times, was that a thing for me? Absolutely. And and so you know, especially when I was setting things up, there is a there is a line that we need to make sure we're not crossing where mm -hmm. we've we've gone beyond. Um, this was um, this is an important selection of a good tool, and now I'm just doing this for fun. And and I think we see those things in other areas, right? Like. Um, you know, what, whatever your trade is, you're going to need good tools for your trade, mm -hmm. but then it can also just become where you just are kind of um, getting tools just for the fun of it. it yeah. Yeah. And so we got to be aware of that. Yeah. Okay. Let's dive right into the, the habits and the routines. Yeah. We're going to talk about four habits and we're going to see how, how it goes with, uh, in this, in this session here of how many that we're going to fit in here. Um, these habits move from, from a, from yearly habits to daily habits. And, um, and we're going to start with the big picture. Um, this is where the rubber hits the road. We got our principles, we got our tools. The habits is where the rubber hits the road in terms of actually being productive and doing the kinds of things we need to do. So we're going to begin with a yearly habit. And I say yearly, um, what, what we're going to surface here, if it doesn't change a lot for, for people, they may be able to not have to do this, you know, every year. And, uh, and yet reviewing it that often is probably going to be helpful. There's a handout that, or a worksheet, you know, however you want to put it, that comes with this so people can go download that. If you're listening to this um, on a podcast, um, then you're going to want to go to the episode webpage there and it's going to be going to be on that webpage. And uh, if you're listening to this on our website, it's going to be j just just right below. Um, and this is the the roles and goals audit, the yearly roles and goals audit. 
What this is designed to do is answer the question, what are my big rocks? And we talked about this a few, few sessions back. Okay, so we know we're supposed to put our big rocks in first, right? Mm. The important things. What are those? Mm. What, what are the things that are important? How do I know what they are? Mm -hmm. And this is where many people get, get stymied, where many people get, um, where, where, they, where they really struggle here. Um, there are some things that might feel like a priority, but they aren't. There are some things that maybe don't feel like a priority, but they actually should be. Mm. And we can't just assume, we can't just assume that um, the things that we are doing are the right things to do. That's, that's what, you know, we, we shouldn't, that comes back to the whole big, big rocks idea is we shouldn't just assume what I'm doing with my time now is what I should be doing. Look carefully then how you walk, says Ephesians 5. Hmm. And so we should be thinking really carefully, what is important for me to do? Hmm. And then I want to make sure that I'm doing that. And so that requires some thought. That requires thinking. Um, that requires sitting down with a pen and a paper. And uh, this is a place to use a pen and paper probably. And, and just really carefully think through, okay, what, what should I be doing? What 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 should I be doing with, with the life that God's given me? And that can happen. I mean, in some of the productivity books, it goes really big with the idea of, you know, having a vision for your life and a mission for your life and, and a mission statement and a vision statement. That can all be really, really valuable. But what we're going to talk about here is something just a little bit more down to earth, which is just the idea that each of us has some roles in our life that, 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 that God has given to us. And for each of those roles, if we discern what, what is our goal in that role? What do I actually want to do? What do I want to accomplish? That if we take our roles plus our goals, then that gives us our priorities. And um, so it's very, it's very interesting when, when it comes to... So what I said might sound like it doesn't make sense and hopefully it will as, as we go through this. When it comes to our roles, a lot of the secular productivity literature will say, you know, you kind of figure that out. What are, what are your roles? So what, what do you, what, what you, know, you kind of decide what you want, what you want to do, what you want to be. As followers of Jesus Christ, many of our roles have been chosen for us already. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting um, looking through um, the some of the secular productivity literature and then going to some of the New Testament epistles where you have a section that's commonly called a household code. Um, or, or, and in, in the letters, it's where you get to the application part of, so here's the, Paul's letters often work this way in particular. Here's a theological truth. I just say theolo I mean, here's the truth. Hmm. And here's what you want to do with it. And what Paul does is he breaks it down to these different areas in their life and says, here's, here's how this area of your life, how you apply this truth. Here's how you apply it in this area. Here's how you apply it in this area. And what that does is it actually gives us a really helpful grid for saying, what are our roles? What are our God-given roles? So Colossians 3 is where I've kind of derived some of these from. And, and Colossians 3 uh, starts with um, just ourselves, our walk with the Lord, and, 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 and who we are before then. If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And it talks about it talks about who we 
are before the Lord, our, ourselves. And, and then it goes into talking about our relationships with other Christians. And, and we could say the church. Um, and, and, and that comes in, um, you know, the, there's one another's that, that kind of come in uh, starting in verse 9. And, and then the, those kind of continue throughout, throughout uh, the, 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 the verses that follow. Talk about forgiving and walking in perfect unity and harmony, rather. And, and so you get this sense of relationships with others within, within the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And then starting in verse 18, you have family relationships. And, and so wives and husbands, fathers and children. So you have family relationships. Starting in verse 22, you have instructions to bond servants, which kind of map on to employee-employer relationships. And, uh, and, and, and chapter 4, you know, masters, treat your, treat your bond servants, um, treat your bond servants justly and fairly. So then, then we get a section on prayer at the chapter of Colossians 4, um, you know, starting in, in verse 2. But that prayer really has to do with this final section, which picks up really explicitly in verse 4, which is our relationship with outsiders, those who don't know the Lord, and, and, uh, and, and, our, and our relationships with them. So it's, it's really neat how much this actually lines up with what we see in some of the secular literature of It'll often, when you think about your roles, the first, the first role is just taking care of yourself. And that can sound really selfish, but the, the, the phrase I think Stephen Covey uses this is sharpening the saw. Hmm. Is that if you are just always going, always going, and you never stop to sharpen your saw, you're going to get dull. You're going to get less effective. So, so there has, it has to be a priority for you to stay healthy, to stay in good shape so that you can be beneficial to others. And, and, you know, and here we see here of just that it starts with our relationship with the Lord and, mm-hmm. and setting our mind on, on, on things above. So there's, there's some, there's some overlap there. And then, um, can I interrupt please? you there, Chris? Please. Is sharpening the sword the same thing as self care? Wow. Great question. So, cause that's a really hot topic and, and a big, I don't think you'll probably be able to answer all the nitty gritty on that, but what, what's, we hear a lot about self-care and, and yeah. uh, I, I don't, maybe it's not what we see in scripture. If someone wants to know more about self-care, I'd love to recommend some good resources um, to, to them um, because there's some, there's one podcast in particular that I'd love to send them a link to for them to listen to. Um, so self-care, depending on what someone means with about it, if it simply means don't burn out, you know, get some sleep, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, of course. Eat food. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. But what self-care, the way that phrase is often kind of used and, and talked about has to do very often today with a pretty me first way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And my life is about me. And so sure, I'll serve some people, you know, with a little bit of my time. But whew, if I don't get, you know, five nights in this week with a bubble bath and and uh and stuff like that then then i'm just going to melt down and and it, it very easily becomes a, a pretty selfish thing mm-hmm. so the fundamental thing we want to start with when it comes to this is and i get this phrase from that one podcast that i'd love to point people towards your life is a tool mm. right we've been put here on planet earth to accomplish a mission mm. and we've been given a life and 
That's so, 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 and we want to use it as to, to, to bring glory to Jesus. Our life is not here to just enjoy whatever we want to enjoy. So along the way, we're going to need to pace ourselves. We're going to need to do some things along the way so, so that we don't burn out. So for me, one of the things that just really rejuvenates and, 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 and charges me up is going for a walk out in the woods. Have my best times praying out there. Just and 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 neurologically, you know, being out in nature is, is really good for our, our brains. Mm. Like it's they, they, they've done all the studies. Um, it's awesome for me. Um, is that self care? Well, I guess you could say yes, but I'm I, I do that not as much as I can, and you know, minimize everything else. But rather, that's something I have to do from time to time. So that I can get back to to the really important work, which is mm. not walking around in the woods, is fulfilling the mission Scott's given me to fulfill. Mm-hmm. Great. So that's a that's a short version of that, and there's a lot more that could be said. Mm. But uh, I, I think sharpening the saw is is a good way of thinking about it. You got to do it from time to time, so that the saw can keep sawing. Mm. Self care is more like you know pampering the beauty queen idea. That's often what comes out. And, um, so, so I'm not suggesting by the way, that Colossians, you know, three is, is necessarily, you know, Colossians three verses one to, you know, eight or whatever is, is talking about sharpening the saw. All I am saying here is that, um, this gives us a grid of our rules, Mm. right? So there's you and your relationship with the Lord. When we think about it in terms of our productivity, we're going to get into this idea that we need to, to keep the, the saw or the sword sharp so that we can keep fighting. And we've got our, our, our relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ and the church. Um, so the, the product, the secular productivity literature will, will often break it down into there's you, there's your family, there's your social life. And what I find interesting here in Colossians, and we see this in the rest of the scriptures, is that we have different social obligations mm-hmm. to our brothers and sisters in Christ and our friends and neighbors who don't know the Lord. And so, um, and that difference is, is represented here in, in, in Colossians and in other passages in scripture like that. So as we think through our roles, um, the role that I play just as a Christian in the church is different than the role that I play with my neighbors, with my friends who don't know the Lord. And and so thinking that through is really important. In regard to family relationships, notice that wives, husbands, family, children comes after the stuff about the body of Christ. That's provocative. Hmm. Um, Are you saying that the, <laughs> the, the family of God the kingdom is more important than our own families is is that what we're hearing more important is language i might not be totally comfortable with mm-hmm. um but not less important and and i just think it's very very interesting and we should really pay attention to this um and I've talked about this before in in the series last year. You know, many Christian homes have a family is everything, you know, crochet on the wall or something, or not a, what's cross stitch on the wall or magnet on the fridge. Um, and that's just not biblical, right? Mm-hmm. Our, our church family 
um, the body of Christ is at least as important. Um, and, and there are times where, you know, we need to protect. So, you know, I think for people in full-time ministry, which again, we're all in full-time ministry, but let's say employed at a church like I am, um, we have to protect our families, right. And Mm -hmm. make our families a priority. And, and, and that's certainly true. Um, but, um, the, the, our family and our relationships in the church are, uh, one is not here and one is not here, you know? So there's a whole lot more that could be said about that. But I think mm-hmm. this challenges the idea that my, our families get everything and the church gets the scraps and the leftovers. Now, I don't want to say that our church gets everything and our family gets our scraps mm-hmm. and our leftovers. We have to balance these things out really well, mm-hmm. but they're both very important. Mm. Do you do you see that um, in certain realms, um, the church would be promoted as that's what that that's what needs to be considered first above everything else, including family, or vice versa? Family is seen as more important than the church. Totally, I, I've I've seen the pendulum swing pretty hard right so there's there's the the guys and uh this isn't a, anyone in ebc but you know like there's this the stories of the guys who you'll ask them to serve at uh you know um a program or ministry at the church and they'll say well no um because i need to be at home reading the bible to my kids seven days a week before they go to bed you know so is reading the bible to your kids a really good idea yeah um but is that taking things a little bit too far? I think we, we'd agree it probably is. But then on the other hand, there's the, the guys who it's like they're at everything. They're serving everywhere. They're having prayer meetings with guys impromptu all the time. They're evangelizing their neighbors. And they're, they look like the star Christians. And their wives are miserable and, and, and rightly so because... Um, and, and I can think of some some people again, not in the EBC context, just from from past ministry contexts. So yeah, they they and that's a part of what happens here with your roles and goals, is that um, as you as you map these things out, you you start to think about things like this: mm. Am I spending too much time with my family and not enough time serving my church, or vice versa? Mm. And and as we get to some of our weekly stuff, we're gonna say. Hey, last week I was at the church a lot, or I was with my neighbors a lot, or I was, you know, um, helping out someone, you know, in my church, helping them move or doing something. I was with them a lot. My family didn't get quite so much. So this week I'm going to spend a couple extra nights with my family and really, you know, and so it's, it's about balancing those things out well, um, so anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. The point is just to think through these relationships mm. and to pay attention to how they're categorized. So yeah, we've got um, ourselves, church, um, and relationships with other Christians, family relationships, workplace type relationships, mm. you know, and then and then relationships with unbelievers. And just, you know, we could even include that in there, just sort of the general social life idea. Mm-hmm. Now, those are our big roles. Um, we can go more in depth than this. And that's why on, on the handout here, and this isn't quite the final form that will be on, on the handout, but 
underneath some of the big roles are some are some sub sub roles. So for example, um, at work you may have more than one responsibility. With family, you may have more than one responsibility. For me, with family, um, and responsibility, I'm kind of speaking there, but roles actually. So, what are my, what are my family roles? Um, I'm a I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm also a brother. I'm also a son, right? Mm-hmm. So, I've got these different roles, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and 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 so so these become kind of the big categories that we have some sub roles under under there, and it's really helpful to just think those through. Hey, what are my, what are my, uh, what are the roles that I play in each of these areas? So it's very clarifying. And and when you first do this, it can actually be a little bit overwhelming. Hmm. And we're going to talk about um, being, well, this is maybe a good place to to do here is just to be realistic, right? I remember the first time I did a roles and goals, I was like, man, I got a ton of roles in my life. And then if you're thinking like, man, so like every week I need to be like doing something in each of these roles, like, you know, you can get ahead of yourself and it it can be pretty overwhelming. You know, I've got, I am, one of my roles is a great nephew. And when's the last time I've talked to my great aunt and like, oh, you know, and, um, so we want to be realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, but simply clarifying our roles gives us a a starting place. Mm -hmm. Any other any thoughts or questions or anything about about the, about the idea of roles? Nope. Okay. Are we going to get into the goals for each of those? Let, let's talk. Let's talk about that. So the yeah. idea of a, of a goal going with a role, um, at, at first sounds like maybe a little bit like, huh? Like, what do you mean? But but I think we all understand, right? That if you are a let's say a brother, what kind of brother do you want to be? Who do you want to be as a brother? And what are you going to do to be that kind of a brother? Now, th- this is where this becomes really, really exciting because this is about living with intentionality. Hmm. Many of us, I know for me, for years with this stuff, I didn't live with intentionality in these roles in my life. Hmm. I just sort of, I'm a this and when someone crosses my path, I'll say this to them and whatever. But to, to live with intentionality, I'm a... so. You know, for example, I'm a father. Like, what do I want to, what do I want to accomplish as a father? What do I actually want to do? Right? What kind of father do I want to be? And what will, what will it require for, for, for me to get there? Mm-hmm. So, so those kinds of questions actually are, are kind of vision questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not necessarily represented here. Um, and we, so you could, you could add a, a, a could add a, a column here in between roles and goals that just says vision. Like, what's, your, what's your vision? Like, what kind of a, an employee do you want to be or an employer or whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of a, what's your vision for, for your relationship with your unbelieving neighbors or your unbelieving extended family or, um, and, and, and so that's where there's some whole lot of space here to just pray and dream. And, 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 and I think, I think people's lives are transformed and I'm going a little off script here. People's lives are transformed when they start to get a vision for their life. Hmm. As in, and vision can sound like more intimidating than it needs to, but I got one life to live. Here's who God made me to be. Some of the gifts, in term, and, but when I use gifts in that context, I mean, some of the opportunities and um, resources I have 
some of the things that I'm good at, my, some of my skills. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and how do I best put those together in a way that allows me to serve the Lord? So um, there's a vision, but then, then, then comes the goal. So what do I, what do I actually want to, what do, what do I actually want to accomplish? Now, goals are not just dreams, right? Mm-hmm. So goals get, dreams are wonderful. We should dream, but goals get a little bit more specific than, than dreams. Goals, good goals have five characteristics and, and they help. The acronym is SMART. Um, so if people are taking notes, goals are specific. Goals are measurable, right? So for example, let, let's say here's, I'll give an example from fatherhood. And, and, and I, I got this goal from, uh, when I did this, I did this material at NBC and I, I got this stuff from J- this, this specific goal from Jason that was super helpful. So let's say in my role as a father, a dream is I want to be an engaged, compelling, godly father who, you know, leads my kids to, to, to rich, um, got, uh, biblically successful lives. You know, it could be something like that. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's what, you know. But okay, so how are you, how are you going to accomplish that? So that becomes your goal. So a, a good goal is not I want to be a better dad because it's not specific. You can't measure it, and there's no way of being able to follow up to see if you're actually meeting your goal or not. So a real a good goal is specific, measurable, actionable. You can actually do something about it, mm. and um, and it's realistic. Is the R S M A R uh, and it's T, it's timely. It has to do with time. So for example, um, so the goal, and I got this from, from Jason is that once a month, I'm going to take each of my kids out for breakfast. So that's one of the goals that goes along with my role as, as a father. It's specific. Mm-hmm. There it is. Once a month, take my kid out for breakfast. It's not just, I want to do that sometime, or I, I want to spend quality time with my kids. That's not a specific goal. So it's, I'm going to take them out, you know, it's measurable. I can look back and see, did I do that last month? Mm-hmm. So it's actually measurable. If it's just, I want to spend more time with my kids. How do I know if I've done that or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. It's actionable. So again, I want to spend more time with my kids. Okay. So what are you going to do? Like, what's that actually look like? Mm-hmm. Whereas the very specific goal, I'm going to take them out for breakfast once a month. I, I know what to It's I, 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 now I know what the action is. It's realistic. Um, I want to take each of my kids out for breakfast every week. That's not incredibly realistic mm-hmm. for me right now. Once a month, I can do that actually, mm-hmm. and 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 so it's realistic. And, and again, it's time bound. So if if my goal was I want to take my each of my kids out for breakfast more. Well, first of all, you can't really measure that, but it's also not time bound. It's just like, what's, what is more? Mm-hmm. So a good goal has those five criteria, smart, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound. And, and that's not my only goal with, with, with being a father, but that's one of my goals. So, so I have a dream or a vision that mm-hmm. goes with my role. And, and so I go for, I go for that. Um, developing those specific goals and and those specific goals are really um, what become our big rocks Hmm. so again this so excites me to talk about and I really hope people get this 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 whole vision here 
of not just living life in this reactive kind of a way, coasting along on default mode, but that we really grab life by the horns and say, here's my roles. Here's what God's given me to do. I got one life. I want to be fruitful in good works. So here's what that's going to look like. Hmm. And, and so you think this through with, you know, your walk with God, right? I want to read my Bible more. Might be one of them. That's not a good goal. Hmm. What's a good goal? I'm going to do it this many times in the week. I'm going to do it for a certain period of time. Um, this is the time of the day that I do it. Right. And that, so that way you're able to follow up and, and, and make it realistic, right? So that's one of the things with, with, uh, developing a devotional habit is many people start by saying every day. And I don't think that's realistic for, 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 for most people. Hmm. Um, and, uh, so yeah, my advice to people is, you know, 15 minutes, three times a week. And people, well, that's it. Well, yeah, but you'll actually do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, so, um, yeah, getting those very specific goals that go, go along with that. I want to pray more, not a good goal. Mm. Um, I am going to set aside 15 minutes, three times a week at noon hour to pray, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to, here, here's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm going to leave, um, uh, this environment and go on a walk or, or whatever it is, you know, so, so that our goals become very, very specific. Would you say it's probably a, not so much a, if you're to say, I want to pray more is not so much a bad goal as much as it is something that it's hard to, to um, bring into reality. It, it, you're able to actually follow through with something that's a little more specific Would that yeah. be, Absolutely. Saying that? Absolutely. A bad goal would be, I want to sit in my couch and watch more TV. <laughs> yes. Right? I, I would say it is a poorly formed goal. Yeah. It's a great goal. Yes, for sure. But you got to form it better. Mm-hmm. You got to crystallize mm-hmm. it a little bit more mm-hmm. so that it's something that will actually happen yeah, instead of sure. just remaining at that level of a good intention. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the first time you do a goals and roles audit, it can be overwhelming. So that's where the realistic part really matters and, and, and pare it down. Different guys will in the, in the productivity literature will give different recommendations, like maybe in each of these areas and maybe, maybe there's more areas that you want to add here. Like maybe there's some specific goals or roles in your life you want to, you want to do, but the idea that there'd be maybe two or three. Uh, goals for each of your roles. Um, maybe just, maybe for some of them, it's just one. Mm-hmm. I, I probably wouldn't go above that. Um, at least for starters, again, often if someone's doing this for the first time and they're really going to do it, you dream really big and you got all these goals. So it'd be way better to start small and actually start build doing those things mm-hmm. and, and, and build on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that, that, that that's, um, but, but to, to start to, to just think about being intentional. Um, one of the examples when I was doing this with the university students, you know, cause we were talking all the time about the international university students that were there and like, what a great opportunity to share the gospel. What does it actually look like? So I said, so for them, one of their roles was student and that would probably fit under the workplace idea right Mm -hmm. so i i gave as a sample goal show up at class 15 minutes early 
two times a week to have intentional conversations with other students. So, Hmm. but for us to think that way about our neighbors, you know, maybe a goal for us is one time this summer, invite our neighbors over for barbecue. Hmm. Maybe you want to make it two times a summer. Maybe you want to make it do that every month, whatever it is, but get intentional. Those become your big rocks. And then as we're going to talk about in the future, we're going to wrap this conversation up here soon. But as we're going to talk about with, with the other habits is, um, is then those goals actually get translated into items on your to-do list or appointments on your calendar. So for, for me, I've got Saturday morning, you know, it's, it's there. Take one of the kids out for breakfast and it's, mm. it's there. And, and so your, your roles with some vision in there become goals that actually concretely show up as you plan your time. Hmm. Excellent. So there's structure to it. It sounds like. Absolutely. You got it right. The only thing that ever just happens is sin. We have to, we have to be structured with, with this. Great. Good. So I think we'll probably leave it there for, for this session. Hey, hey, I, I think that's great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to looking at the, the other habits um, that we're going to be talking about. And right. Yeah, let's do that next time. Yeah. So we'll so the, the habits that are coming up, just to give people a bit of a, a bit of a, a sneak preview, is um, is taking some time each week to to kind of map out some of the big strokes of of what your week is going to look like. Um, then there's taking some time each day. Um, and so that's a, you know, the weekly planning or the weekly scheduling, um, maybe 30 to, um, 30 to 60 minutes, depending on who you are and what you need to do. And maybe it's only 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Daily planning might be five minutes, you know, just kind of taking some time each day to kind of chart out what, what, what's there. And, uh, and then the fourth habit is get to work and roll with the punches. Just do it. Hey, eh? um, and we'll get there right on. Great. Looking forward to doing this again here shortly, Chris. Yeah, me too. Right on.